0: Oh, Justin. oh, you're guilty! Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, he's oh, oh. oh, the post is broken. Matthews in it. Oh, talk about a he-man! Green rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Oh, Maddie, we got a life to celebrate in footy today, and a young gun. The son of this absolute champion is making his way. So the big thing is that This Is Your Football Life is a very popular program right around the nation. And uh, people get together in coffee shops or just driving along. And you try and work out who it is. Well, today's man will take his place rightfully in the history of the game when it's written. Not only at his clubs, but at the VFL AFL. 249 VFL games for Collingwood and Melbourne. Twice Brownlow medalist, 79 and 84. Twice Collingwood best and fairest. All Australian, AFL Hall of Fame inductee. And was just an amazing man in 1979 when I started broadcasting on 3AW to see the good old-fashioned long bombs to Snake from North Melbourne and long bombs to this man in the square. And he didn't let the crowd down who went eight droppings. Peter Moore, this is your footy life and it's lovely to catch you, Maury.
1: Great to talk to you, Rex. Uh,
0: fantastic. Oh, you should be so proud of your, your uh, record. And I know your boy, and we're going to get on to him in a moment. And, uh, you know, what advice you're giving him or you're you know, taking a step back like parents, uh, you know, sometimes like to do. But it all started for you at Eltham High School uh, at the Eltham Footy Club. Tell us about the early days of a young blonde boy who just loved the game of footy.
1: Well, Rex, it was interesting because uh, my family wasn't really interested in football. My dad, you know, parents, sort of, dad was a university-type professor, and a, and he was actually a runner, an athlete. And uh, so we didn't really grow up with much, you know, involvement in AFL or VFL as it was then. But um, when I got to school, of course, I got involved in footy and really enjoyed it and started my footy career at Eltham Footy Club Um the local team, just with some mates from school, playing in the under thirteens. that was, and that's when you could start. And I think I was about eleven when I started, and uh, played right through at Altham until under seventeens, and had a brief, uh, brief sort of seven or eight games in the seniors as a as a, as a fifteen sixteen year old, and uh, that didn't end well with a bit of a concussion injury from mm. uh, some of the willing, experienced fellows in the Diamond Valley. Sort of fixed me up pretty quick, so. Uh, that was the end of that uh, senior appearance. I ended up then, of course, at Collingwood uh, as, a, as a 16-year-old or, or turning 17 uh, in my first year. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty direct uh, line on the train down from Eltham to, to Victoria Park.
0: This is Peter Moore, folks. If you've just got out of the sack, well, just pay attention because he's a star, mate. One of your uh, very good mates, uh, the famous Collingwood name of Tony Shaw, said that Diamond Valley League was one of the toughest leagues of all time. Well, I played the other side of the arrow in the Federal. I'll tell you what, it was the VFL, VFA, and then it was the Federal and the Diamond Valley equal. Uh, If you didn't make it there, mate, you're on the sidelines with a slab because they they tested you out very early. Do you think, although that's not acceptable now, the bashing and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. that that set you up and hardened you up a little bit?
1: Oh, I think it did definitely. I mean, the, uh, even the underage football in the Diamond Valley it was pretty tough. Yeah. We played uh, teams like West Heidelberg, uh, North Heidelberg, Leylar, Epping, all those uh, sort of teams, which were um, which were pretty uh, pretty ferocious. So yeah, it was uh, it was not for the faint-hearted in the Diamond Valley in those days. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's you know I think it's cleaned up a lot with you know a couple of umpires and the order-off rule and all that. I actually coached up there for a year. And, um, they had the order-off rule, which I thought worked really well to, yeah. uh, you know, to sort of handle that. So, yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, Rex, you know, any of those, uh, that era when there was one umpire, you were a bit of a city duck at times, so yeah. uh, you just had to get
0: used to it. It's a great football club. You know, I know uh, that my late father-in-law played in three grand finals in the 30s and back-to-back premierships before he went to captain coach Hawthorne and was part of a great era at Collingwood. The expectation back then, he said before he passed away, was just a mess, immense. But when you arrived at Victoria Park, even though you didn't have a background in footy of that sort of fanaticism, were you well aware of the expectation of a Collingwood play when he ran on to Victoria Park and other grounds?
1: Yeah, well, I, I played on you one day there, Victoria Park. Oh, I did you kick about day. 11, did you? Yeah, no, I think I was playing center back and you were like playing centre-half forward. So I just followed you around punching <laughs> away all day. That's all. I didn't even. get a, I don't think I got a kick. I just uh, just had to stop you getting one. But I think you're I, pretty, uh, being
0: very kind there, Peter. <laughs> it was pretty.
1: It was. not uh, a hard job. We I had to follow you around everywhere. Is what I was doing? But yeah, but Victoria Park. I mean, what a cold it was, yeah. particularly for the visiting teams. And uh, you know, it was. Uh, it's fantastic old style footy down there. And uh, you know, I go often to the VFL. Dars was playing a few uh, VFL games down there, and. Uh, go To watch them sometimes, even when he's not playing, and the um, you know, people love going there. It's still uh, they've, they've sort of renovated the ground and, and kept some of the historic uh, things like you know, the entrance and the turnstiles and the scoreboard, yeah. uh, and all that jazz. And it's uh, it's uh, you know, the Collingwood people sort of regard it still as a spiritual home, so it was a, it was a fantastic thing. But playing for Collingwood, particularly in the finals, you know, was oh. just uh, remarkable, just a bit like Richmond, you know, Richmond, Collingwood, and those sort of things. It's really uh a massive event uh, when yeah. you make the finals. And, well, uh,
0: in, in, yeah. your, in your debut year in, uh, I think it was 74, wasn't it? You played in a uh, semi-final against Hawthorne uh, in front of 87,000, and that was a very good example of what you're talking about. Is that I noticed uh, in the press this week that you know Richmond had just uh, sneezed a little bit ahead of the carrying bush that I like to call them. But if Collingwood get back up into the finals, mate, Collingwood will just go bang. It was just an amazing thing. The support worldwide is amazing for Collingwood.
1: Yeah, well, it's a juggernaut of a club, and it's uh, great that it is. Uh, you know, for the club financially, I suppose what well, it makes it a, a very strong club. But yeah, in those days, you know, when uh, we hadn't, you know, in the seventies, they'd been in the finals a bit, but then uh, won the wooden spoon in uh, with uh, when we had uh, Murray Weedham coaching in uh, when I was first there in sort of seventy five, seventy six, and then when Tom Hafey came in seventy seven, we right. started to perform well, then it just went crazy and. Uh, We had, uh, you know, massive uh, crowds and uh, big memberships. It was uh, really exciting.
0: And Pete, uh, you had a lot uh, to do with that. And folks, if you just joined us, Pete is Peter Moore a worthy uh, member of the This Is Your Football Life on behalf of Tobin Brothers. Don't get worried. We're just celebrating your life before you cark it, mate. It's a That's right. That? Yeah, or, it could be true. Uh, yeah. Haiti, you know, what an era at Richmond, but uh, the Richmond uh, people, uh, like a lot of other clubs, if you don't get instant success, you're out. And uh, he found his way to, uh, to uh, Collingwood. Uh, what were the first impressions of this man? Because I have had various feedback that he might have trained you a bit hard, but... Uh, Gee, I reckon when you win when you win games, uh, you don't worry about how hard you trained.
1: No, well, I, I really enjoyed it when Tommy came, and we had um, we obviously clearly weren't fit previously, and uh, so the training was really hard. But you know, as a, a raw sort of nineteen-year-old, I was uh, when he when he arrived. You know, the training um, didn't bother me. It was uh, it was fantastic. I mean, and we just uh, transformed the team. You know, almost overnight. And we, yeah, we we got up to the finals and played off in the grand final uh, draw and replay, which we unfortunately lost. But, you know, that was the beginning of an era where we played, you know, five or so, five or six years of of finals every year. And uh, we were always kind of threatening and played in, um, well, including the draw, five grand finals uh, with Tommy. And, uh, you know, it was absolutely uh, amazing what he was able to do. I I, I thought, you know, he was uh, was a fantastic uh, guy. He was hard on the players, Yeah that he had a probably a limited life as a coach at a particular club. You know, it happened in most of the clubs he was at. You know, the players sort of um, got a bit um, over it at times uh, towards, you know, after a few years because he was very regimented, didn't change anything. So it was, uh, it was years of the same old, same old. So uh, guys were certainly uh, uh, feeling the pinch of it after a yeah. couple of years.
0: Uh, Peter Moore, uh, the biggest change I reckon he made was that he showed when he went to Victoria Park why he was successful at Richmond. Get the ball in the centre, uh, Barrett, Burke and Clay. Kick it long to Royce in the square and Rex and Barmy, get out of his way. Uh, Kick it long from the centre of Victoria Park to Moore in the goal square. Take a mark and kick a goal. Tell us how the transition from the Ruckman follower forward Saw you be one of the premier full forwards of your time.
1: Well, initially I started. Uh, I was playing ruck in the seconds, and then I ended up. I couldn't get a game, so I ended up uh, going to centre half back for a, for a, sort of half a season. In my first year, and that was yeah. a good position to sort of learn the pace. And then when Tom arrived, um, he uh, he thought I could make a forward because Len Thompson was in the ruck. You know, at that time at Collingwood, the first ruck, and he was a a champion of the game and Brownlow medalist and it was clearly I wasn't going to push him out. So uh, I, I turned myself into a full forward which I would played at Eltham in the seniors. I played full forward. So uh, I, uh, I sort of turned myself into a forward ruckman for uh, a couple of years and then uh, that went well. You know, kicked, uh, kicked, kicked, I kicked quite a lot of goals. The game plan was sort of designed, as you say, around kicking long to me in the square. So I got plenty of opportunity to, uh, to go for marks and Kick goals, and then uh, we had pretty good crummers like Ray Shaw and those sort of guys, you know, swooping on the ball, Ricky Barham, and that. And so um, that was the idea kick it long and yeah. kick his, bring it down, and the, they kick the goals. And a simple game plan, but it, it worked well for us. And then in '79, Tomo uh, had uh, they moved Tomo on to, I think he went to, to Fitzroy or somewhere, and then uh, I uh, moved into the ruck. And so yeah. I then, uh, you know, started to see really develop my ruck game, which is a good thing because I probably wasn't ready before that in terms of physically being strong enough yeah it worked well
0: can can, sure. can can you relate this with the boy at the moment with your lad because uh, it must be hard for <laughs> mum and dad to sit up there and see blokes targeted him and uh, or he doesn't yeah. get up uh, you know after taking a heavy blow i'm impressed yeah. with the way that he wants to put his body in front and stretch his arms out rather than taking the safe chest mark yeah. uh I know where he got that from, you've given yeah. something to him and that's a great yeah. gift because the kid wants to play but he wants to learn, am, am yeah. I on the mark?
1: Yeah you are, he's a, he's a real stick to the game, he loves it and he, he's he's absorbing sort of all the coaching they get a lot of coaching uh, obviously in the clubs these days so he's he's trying to take all that on board he only had to switch shoes, they groomed him as a back, a key backman this year and then decided halfway through the year to switch him forward so he had to make That adjustment, but yeah, I mean, his attack on the ball is uh, fantastic. He's always been that way. He'll just uh, throw himself at at the aerial contest, and um, you know, he's he's pretty fearless with it. And uh, (laughs) occasionally, they you know, when they stick, it it looks great. So, but yeah, he's very competitive. He runs, you know, he runs hard, and he he just wants to get involved. So. uh, so far, we're you know really happy. It is a bit uh, nerve-wracking. Uh, more nerve-wracking about that he plays well. You just yeah. like him to play well. and uh, But also, mum, Mum's
0: pretty keen that he doesn't limp off or is not, uh, you know, as a head-eye tackle or something. So. Yeah, and she's more concerned he doesn't get any tattoos. I think, uh, oh, I think so. <laughs> me. Join, join the Carmody clan uh, that <laughs> yeah. I married into, mate. Just sit. Uh, Going to take a break, real ace. Uh, gee, this is enjoyable. This is Peter Moore. If you didn't recognise the career or the voice, he's talking about his son, Darcy, who's just... Come Coming along beautifully. And out of the break, we're going to talk about those grand final losses because I reckon, you know, you can take a lot out of it and it means more to you, you know, to actually play your best. And at times, I suppose, Collingwood just weren't quite there and that's when the luck comes into it. And out of the break, with Calvin Templeton, Peter Moore heads to Melbourne for the first big fiscal deal in the history of the game. Right around Australia, Peter Moore, this is your football life. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Well, what a start from our star today, Peter Moore. Yeah, humble beginnings, becomes a household name, falls in love with a lady and they have a boy who's now following in the footsteps of his uh, of his old man. Uh A lot of fine football names have had sons try to make it but haven't, and the pressure has been too much. Tell us about the pressures of your young lad because of his surname Moore.
1: Well, that's a good point, Rex, and obviously it does create uh, some pressures, you know, like uh, young Gary Ablett and people like that, you know, that uh, he's kicked uh, out of Duke. There are a lot of sons that haven't quite made it, and uh, I guess it's a bit luck of the draw. Uh, Firstly, you've got to have the physical ability, and the good thing with Das was he... uh, he always seemed to have that ability, and he, uh, and then he grew. He, he became, you know, a, a big, big kid and uh, very athletic, and uh, fortunately was was uh, showing a lot of promise even as a, as a really young kid. So, um, for him, uh, you know, the, being my son hasn't really been an issue. I never coached him. I always. Uh, got involved with his footy clubs, but I was the assistant coach or the runner. I just try to keep in the background a little bit and and help the coach, but let the coach, uh, someone else coach him. I think that helped. And uh, all I try to do now is just to uh, maybe help him with the emotional side of footy, you know, to try to handle the mental pressures of football rather than, uh, you know, actually playing the game because he's got plenty of coaches. But, you know, he doesn't feel a weight of expectation. He just... uh, Feels that uh, you know he belongs and he can. He's good enough and yeah. he's going to make his own way. And he's a bit different to me in terms of. Well, he plays similar positions, I suppose. But he, um, you know, for example, with the number, he, he he's always worn number thirty since he was two years old. But his first Commonwealth jumper, and, uh, <laughs> and I said to him, look, when you go to, you don't have to wear my number if you don't want. To use your own or try to create your own. And he said, Dad, I got news for you. It's not your number. It's my <laughs> number. <laughs> so, Isn't that magnificent? So, uh, yeah, that's the way. You're Isn't that it's magnificent? Really, him really did his own. You know, it might just be a little,
0: little. Uh, a little ingrown thing, but, uh, but, hey, Dad, I love you. But it's a uh, double, it's a double-edged you know, sword. Uh, yeah, yeah, double-edged sword because
1: um, the, 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 being my son, it gives him an opportunity, but then if you don't deliver, yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it's
0: a bit of focus on that. I preface this by saying, you know, were they real? The collie wobbles. Did you feel pressure in all of those grand finals, particularly when's coming so close and Twiggy rescuing you in seventy seven and then you kicking five in the replay, that's a did did it mentally get to you? Because I know, you know, in my career a couple of times I just say, oh, I'm playing against more or I'm playing against knights or, or whoever, you know what I mean? I got no hope and, and and unfortunately sometimes the airhead demons can get you before you even run onto the turf.
1: Oh, it's very true, Rex. I think, uh, looking back on it, I think initially it didn't bother me when I was uh, in the first, you know, in the 77 finals because I was just so young. I was happy to be there. I didn't really understand the, the um, you know, the importance of it. I was just trying to do my bit and fortunately played well through that final series. And then, but after losing, then, you know, you're backing up uh, in subsequent years, 78, I don't know, I think we made it, but then 79, 80, 81, we were in the grand final each of those years. And, couldn't quite do it. And when we, you get in there, I think what happens, and you would have experienced this as well in big matches, is you can sometimes be so desperate to win that you get over-anxious. Sure. Everybody gets over-anxious. And uh, yeah, you're using, you're making bad, uh, mistakes and don't have any energy because your your anxiety levels are, are too high because you're worried about the result and the outcome yeah. and uh, not winning the game. Of course, when you play well and win the game, you don't even think about that. You know, you're just looking looking for the ball, and so yeah, I agree. I think the pressure was there, and the expectation was uh, yeah was massive. And I think today the um, psychology and the sports psychology and the coaching is a lot different in that they uh, they don't try to hype the blokes up, whereas when we play finals. You Know everyone wanted to hype you up and rev you up, but now it's more about staying calm and focusing mm. and figuring out what you've got to do. So, are
0: you like me, yeah. are you like me, grandpa? And uh, you know, you're enjoying the best part of life. There's a little bit of the old Peter Moore say, This bloke needs a rocket because I do. I sit back on the television and say, Don't pat him on the back, kick him in the backside, you know. But yeah. you can't do that now, dad. I said, yeah. Well, bulldust, you can't, but I'm going to say. You know, it's, we, we might be going a little bit the other way, being a little bit yeah. too correct, because a rev never hurt you or me.
1: No, no, we used to get plenty of them. I mean, <laughs> uh, Tommy was uh, was uh, was ruthless with it, but uh, but always, you know, constructive criticism, and he wasn't personally abusive. With, with guys. But too, you know, he was uh, formidable. You didn't want to cross him too, <laughs> too much. But uh, yeah, today the coaching's given. They'd sort of they nurse him through and keep their confidence up. And I don't know whether mm. the players today would tolerate being spoken to uh, the way, say, Jock McHale or one of those would have been. Uh, oh,
0: the... Or Ron Barassi or you have been running, laps. Been running yes, laps and pl- kicking the frost off the ground now. Yes, uh, one of the greatest I I names the game has ever heard of is Ron Barassi. Uh, the lure for you to cross as captain of Collingwood after Hafey left mm. and the lure of Kelvin Templeton, who was captain out at the Western Oval. Uh, the lure together with something that may well set you both up for life with your families because it was a great deal. Mm. Tell us about the consideration and the mm. move to the great MCG for you from Collingwood.
1: Well, it was an interesting, obviously uh, tumultuous period. Uh, in 1982, we... Uh we lost the eighty-one grand final, and um, the fallout from that was basically that you know the, the Tommy's sort of influence over the players started to wane, and we really did, you know we really needed to change the coach, I think, and they the club elected not to, and of course uh, we had a terrible year the following year and lost the first ten games, and um, Tom ended up getting a sack, and uh, it was uh, badly handled, and I I was sort of half blamed for it in a way, so I. Which I didn't think was fair, and um, and the place was just in turmoil. And I think as a young sort of captain, young know, player, just got overwhelmed by the whole the whole situation, and decided I'd be better to be out of it and try to you know get a fresh start in, in, somewhere else. Which is really the motivation for wanting to leave. And then going to Melbourne, I, I thought it would be exciting with Barassi there, and they're recruiting some other good players like Kelvin Templeton. Brian Wilson and all those sort yeah. of guys. And Robbie Flowers. Robbie Flowers, so, the
0: late Robbie Flowers. Yeah, was wow. a tremendous
1: uh, guy. I knew Robbie yeah. really well. And yeah. Paul Baker was there, who was a mate of mine from the United States footy. So yeah. I just thought, well, you know, I just was feeling feeling the pressure. And I guess you know, didn't really have anyone to mentor and advise and tell me, you know, to just tough it out and that yeah. it would all be okay. So I ended up making the decision to go to Melbourne, which – in retrospect, may have been the wrong decision. I don't know, but anyway, nevertheless, I made that decision and topped um, a bit of flack uh, from the convent people, unfortunately, for doing it, which is understandable. And then uh, it was a pretty exciting time, really. Yeah. It really invigorated my career. And, um, I loved uh, my involvement with uh, with Barass. I mean, we had a pretty fiery relationship, uh, <laughs> but we, uh, as he did with most uh, most of his players, and uh, uh, but we were. You know, he was just a fantastic yeah. fellow, um, So we were great friends.
0: Any similarities between the great late uh, Tom Hafey Hafe and the great Ronald Albarassi Apart from the Rev, the Rev, Rev, you know, Razzamadaz, uh, similar um, or, or or subtly different coaches to a, a, a young Peter Moore.
1: I think they were different, very different. Direction I found to be different. I think mm. uh, Tommy was um, less flamboyant and Ron very solid and. And uh, had a plan and a system, and he stuck with it. And he just plugged the guys in. And if you didn't,
0: but just interrupting you there, also so loyal to his players, sometimes to the detriment of the team. Expecting, you're expecting, oh, he'll turn it around, he'll turn it around. Not all bad, but uh, in hindsight, perhaps that's something you could have said about Tommy that he was too loyal. But I reckon he might take that.
1: He was, and he wasn't as sophisticated a coach as some others in the sense that, like, he'd leave a guy. On the wing, for example, one day Wayne Gordon was getting flogged by uh, oh. Stan Ellis, and he worked yeah. in there all day. You probably would have called that game. He worked yep. in there all day, and yeah. uh, we just got slaughtered on down that side of the ground. So you know, he um, he was very loyal to his players to a fault, I think, as you say. And then, uh, and and Barass was um, really trying to do something big at Melbourne. So he, if anything, he probably overcoached, you know, tried to sort of take too much responsibility for you know uh, winning where it's really up to the players in the end but brass sort of took it as if it was his uh, his role to try and personally win games and um so yeah it was a very different experience i mean it was mm. uh, it was great though and uh, melbourne uh, i think improved under ron and then finally when he left uh, john norby came and john i think uh, was a very excellent coach and he he capitalised on probably the groundwork that Ron had done, but didn't oh, yeah. quite see it come good,
0: you know. Time is getting away. This is Peter Moore, folks. Just a delight to have this man on who's given so many thousands upon people you know, great times. Uh, what do you do with yourself now, Pete? Uh,
1: I'm involved in, uh, I've been involved for all oh, the last 25 years in resources, mining and oil and gas sort of exploration projects. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was a geologist and that's how I got involved in it, and uh, we've had a a technology company that's involved in uh, exploration, and uh, we've got uh, you know projects going on with the company I'm with at the moment in uh, in America. So I do a lot of work in Nevada. Yeah. And, uh, on these sort of. Uh, Gold and copper exploration
0: projects. Okay, before we let you go, Peter Moore, uh, your tip for the Brownlow, of course, all the rage was five. He got injured, then Goldstein came very, very hard. Dangerfields had an unbelievable eight weeks. Hannabury, uh, the the common denominator there is that all those sides win games, and uh, I think you know it's well known that you've got a good chance of getting three if you're in a winning side.
1: I agree with that. I think I'd love to see Goldstein get up because it's been typically, you know, a bit of a midfielders. Uh, award the last uh, 10 years or so, I think since Jimmy or Scott Wine, I think one of them was for the last uh, Ruckman. So being an ex-Ruckman, I, I'd love to see Todd uh, get up. But my feeling, I reckon Hanabry, I just think uh, he's, he's had an outstanding year. It's a bit off the radar because uh, uh, he's up in Sydney, but I think uh, he's had a terrific year. And also, uh, you know, he... Uh, The rest of his team hasn't really fired all year, so he probably was a shining light there. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd have a good chance. And Todd Goldstein, I think, as
0: well. Fantastic. It's been wonderful. I've got Rex's Mad Minute for you. Uh, Just uh, very short answers. Your favourite food? Uh,
1: What are we going to say there? My favourite food's probably steak.
0: Favourite movie? Favourite movie, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Join the club, so many of those. (laughs) Uh, On my day off, if I had two or three weeks' notice, I will do this. Play golf. Uh, Who will win this year's flag?
1: I think West Coast.
0: When I get around to it, and I'm not so busy, to treat myself, I will.
1: Uh, Spend a month in Spain.
0: Goodness me, you can go up into France and say to Robert Walls and say, I've gone all the other side around the world, Walls, So you get away from you. And you can eat croissants together on the border. It's been a delight, Pete. And uh, look, after that lovely family of yours and your grandchildren, you've got a great uh, horizon. But that boy, I know potential's a nasty word, but I just got a feeling about him. And thanks for your time today. It's just been so enjoyable.
1: Oh, thanks, Yeah, And uh, the goodwill for Das from everybody is uh, terrific. So let's hope uh, it all goes well for him. And uh, we can enjoy the footy for years to come with him doing well.
0: Peter Moore, folks. Good
1: to catch up with you.
0: Peter Moore. And if you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. Join us next week from 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning, 11.16 SEN and Relays as we delve into the mystery of This Is Your Football Life with a Star again.